You are listening to Girl, Not This, a podcast series dedicated to my fellow besties trying to navigate their 20s, coming to terms with their spirituality, and healing while still living at home. My name is Lindsay, and thank you for joining in. Welcome to episode three of Girl, Not This. In today's episode, I will be talking about dating while on your healing journey. I hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Sorry if I sound a bit off. Your girl is sick due to the LA rain. So have you been doing the inner work and feel like you're ready to take a big step and start dating? And are you also tired of hearing, it'll happen when you least expect it, or just keep doing you? Let's talk about it. Since starting my healing journey and having shadow work beat my ass, it's been pretty rough in the dating scene. I am now someone waiting to identify pink to red flags and really listen to my intuition if this is someone I truly see myself with or do I just like the attention? Since starting this journey, I have really enjoyed my own peace and my own company that honestly, sometimes the thought of opening myself up again annoys the shit out of me because I am at peace and I do not want to disrupt it after years of putting myself through emotional abuse. And I recently came across a video by the Cindy Noir where she talked about how her solitude turned into isolation, how her self-love turned into fear of anyone getting close in any sort of capacity, and how this newfound solitude went from being a safe space to a defense mechanism. I have never related to a video so much in my life. Dating nowadays feels like the Hunger Games. You have the man telling you he was the perfect boyfriend to every single one of his exes and didn't know why they all cheated on him to dating a man who straight up cries at least four times within the week of dating you. And please do not get me started on the man who refuses to meet you at a restaurant because he wants to check the vibe before spending any money. And yes, these are all things I have experienced. Ouch. I know. Don't get me wrong. There had been a few good encounters, but everyone's healing journey is a bit different. And sometimes you could be a trigger for someone else. Bigger ouch. Moments like this have had me blast SZA on repeat. Okay. If you know, you fucking know. This shit this shit is ghetto. This includes friendships as well. You start realizing that the person you were doesn't align with the people you have surrounded yourself with. You start to outgrow and sometimes friends grow with you and sometimes they don't. And that's a tough pill to swallow. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, well, how do I identify these flags? Easy. Don't tell the person you're seeing what exactly you want in a person. You're basically giving them the entire blueprint on how to manipulate you. They will be exactly that for however long and show their true colors once you're already hooked. So you telling them, I just love a man who brings me flowers for no reason. I just love X, Y, and Z. You're literally telling them like what to do in order to get you. Absolutely not. We're not falling for that, queen. Also, see how they have a conversation. Is this person genuinely trying to get to know you? Or are you taking control of the conversation? And are you the one filling the silence? A person will know if they want to date you literally within 30 minutes of the first date. And that's no cap. They will make it known by the end of the date that they want to see you again. Their actions following the date will be the insurance. You have to ask yourself when seeing this person, if there's anything they do that makes you feel like you know you won't be willing to compromise, aka identifying a flag, or are their intentions purely shallow? A lot of people will talk and talk how they've been single for X amount of time 
and have done zero reflection and zero work and swear they're not the problem. This shows that they have made no room for growth and you'll be able to pick up on the fact that there will be no growth in your relationship. We need to start asking the right questions in order to save our time. I'm tired of asking what your favorite album is and who your favorite movie director is. What I'm dying to know is what you value the most in a relationship and what your relationship with your parents is like. This will give me somewhat of an insight on who he is. You know what I mean? Asking people what are some long-term goals? Do you have any sort of future plans? Seeing if his goals and plans align with yours and if this is something that can grow into something else. That's something I kind of always, you know, I'm just like, huh, okay, cool. Now, I'm someone who considers themselves a recovering people pleaser and someone who's working on not being anxious avoidant in my relationships. I was someone who was in their masculinity for most of my relationships. I constantly gave the love I wanted to receive and I gave and gave in hopes I was going to receive the same thing in return and ended up resenting my partner due to the fact that I didn't. Of course, this ties into mommy and daddy issues. My parents divorced when I was one and throughout my childhood till I was about 13. I would be shipped off to my father's place every other weekend. By the time I was 14, we had a falling out, haven't spoken to him since. One thing I didn't realize until I was in therapy was that the relationship we have with our fathers reflect our relationships with others and the relationship we have with our mothers is the relationship we have with ourselves. It took me a really, really long time to come to terms with the type of relationship I had with my dad and to not only let it go, but to let it go with no hate or anger in my heart. And no, I'm not saying forgive and forget, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying let it go. You know, she ain't serving you, babe. This made me reflect a lot on my past relationships and just reflect on how much shit I took from people, but also reflected on my part in that relationship as well. The relationship that triggered my spiritual awakening is the one that I look back on and think, wow, if I hadn't met this person or gone through that, where would I be now? The way I picked myself up after that relationship was the beginning of my self-love journey. Of course, I had a support system of people who really showed me that the light inside of me was so bright that I had dimmed myself down for so long that I was not only a low vibrational person, but thought that I would be that way forever. Just someone struggling internally forever. Again, anxious avoidant. <laughs> Once I started to date myself and yes, date I truly filled my own cup in ways I wish previous partners would have in the past. I started going to the beach by myself. I started going to places I got tired of missing out on because others were too busy or broke to come with. I realized I had missed out on so many experiences that I owed it to myself to go experience them. Now, I'm not saying to go on a road trip in the middle of nowhere by yourself because let's be real. It's scary being a woman, but you get the gist of it. This all sounds great, right? Well, it's not always this straight and easy. There had been times I've cried out to to my angels asking where the fuck was my husband and that I was tie tie. Okay, a bitch was tired. I just wanted to skip to the good part. I was doing my shadow work. I was over trying to heal my inner child and inner teen. I just wanted to be happy with my husband and live in my dream home in a different country because obviously I hate it here. And I just felt like the universe was punishing me. Here I was watching people get married and having babies all while I was here, late 20s, single and still living at home. I had my aha moment months ago. I left one shitty job for an even shittier job. I had all these plans and realized I was not executing 
executing. I had been so wrapped around the idea of finding my person, my twin flame, my soulmate, whatever you want to call it, that I was just letting life pass me by. I wasn't taking care of me yet again. I dove deeper into my spirituality, trying to connect with my spirit team, just wanting to learn about what my purpose was and how I can move forward in life. I realized I had been prioritizing the wrong things. I was so caught up on putting my eggs all in one basket and I really didn't realize I needed to add some eggs in my basket. Now, this is also really hard when you're living at home. It can be difficult, honestly, truly. Just setting boundaries trying not to be codependent with your parent. And honestly, it just really takes consistency and upholding these boundaries because it can be really hard. What really helped me was hearing someone read a passage from A Return to Love. It went, sometimes someone who has nothing to offer in a real relationship can come off like they're offering the world. They are so disassociated from their own feelings that they have become highly skilled performers, unconsciously playing whatever part or fantasies prescribed. But the responsibility for the pain it causes still remains our own. If we hadn't been looking for a cheap thrill, we wouldn't have been vulnerable to the lie. How could we have been so stupid? That's the question we always ask ourselves at the end of these experiences. We suspected this was a drug, but the problem was that we wanted it. We saw exactly what the game was with this person, usually within the first 15 minutes, yet we were so attracted to the high, we were willing to pretend we didn't see it just for the night or a week or however long it lasted. I recognized that I was addicted to the highs and lows of a relationship. I had dated a few people who I thought, there's no spark, he's too nice. Not realizing that there just was no performance, just a secure attachment that triggered my anxious avoidant attachment. I then started seeing people openly admit that they still loved their ex and that their ex was the one that got away. Men were settling down with women that were right in front of them rather than healing whatever that needed to be healed and just jumping into another relationship. Women who have moved on and gone to marry someone else trigger the man that was last with her. He settles all because the woman he fumbled moved on. Hearing these stories relating to these experiences were all more the reason I am now someone who really takes caution. I'd rather be single and enjoying my own company than miserable in a relationship with a person who is not only draining me of my energy, but dimming my light. I view things so differently now, and I really just have to thank myself love journey. I don't sleep around because I view that deep level of intimacy as energy exchange. Do I really want some bum fucking his low depression energy into me? Absolutely not. And let me tell you, your body will let you know that they are not for you. My body rejected my ex so much and I didn't realize it. I was constantly going to the gyno for BV, a yeast infection. It was fucking draining. Now, I'm not trying to scare you into staying single forever, but I just want to hold up a mirror and say you are the prize. You have done the inner work and it's okay to want to experience new people, but just remember that all the work you have put into yourself and if the person you're seeing is doing the bare minimum, it's time to call it. It's called the bare minimum for a reason, babe. Don't lower your standards all because of fear that no one will meet them and someone will. You just have to believe it. There's nothing wrong with a healthy amount of skepticism if you've just started dating someone, especially if you're someone who has tended to be overly trusting prematurely. Dating can bring up a lot of anxiety and mixed feelings and that's okay. You just have to learn how to navigate through self-sabotaging habits and trust your intuition. Think, how does your body feel around this person? 
And lastly, the longer you spend chasing someone who will not give you what you want will make it harder for you to be attracted to someone who can. You are basically programming your brain that the highs and lows of the chase are normal and that's what you're attracted to. The secure relationship will feel boring and make it even harder for you to connect with someone. Dating is so hard, but please always remember date yourself first. Someone will come along and it's going to be great, but don't let that fill your self-worth. Go out and experience life. Execute the plans you've had on hold. Make memories. You know, live, laugh, love. Am I right? Thank you for tuning in and reflecting with me. I urge you to take some time for yourself and document the outcome. New episodes will be coming every Wednesday. Feel free to reach out to me and share your stories or ask me a question at girlnotthisla at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast on your preferred streaming service. I'm Lindsay. Thank you for listening.